Good morning, everyone. It's so good to see you here at Grace Church this morning. Why don't you stand with us today? The book of Exodus tells us that there arose a Pharaoh in Egypt who did not know Joseph, and did not remember Joseph and the things that he had done for the nation. And so they put this multitude of Israelites, this multitude of Hebrews into slavery. And the scripture says that they made their lives bitter with cruel bondage and servitude. You know, Egypt in scripture is a type of the old life. It's a type of sin. It's a type of the bondage that we knew in sin. But God sent them a deliverer, a man to come and show them a way out. I'm so happy today that I, I, I might not be an Israelite, but God sent me a deliverer. He came in flesh, and, and Jesus showed me a way that you can live. And it's not that same old bitter life of bondage, but now you have a life of freedom. You have a choice. You have a future. And it's all because of the deliverer that came that we have freedom. We're going to sing about it today. Let's worship together. Clap your hands under the Lord. Chains are broken, as you have spoken, it is finished on the cross. Now I'm living in your freedom, Jesus, you have said. Purpose, I am living, Jesus. 
praise in the house today. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, we can do a little better than that. Let's praise the Lord today. Lord, we enter into your gates with thanksgiving. We enter into your courts with praise. This is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Oh, somebody shout amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And I guess that just means let the redeemed of the Lord do something. If you're redeemed, if you're set free, just let somebody know. Let the Lord know you're grateful. Let your neighbor know you've been set free. Come on, anybody in the house been blood-bought, set free, living a life in Jesus Christ? It feels like you came to have church this morning. I know I did. Feels good in the presence of the Lord. Why don't you look at somebody nearby? Keep social distancing, but look at them. Smile real big. Let them know you're happy to see them today. Amen. Amen. And uh, as you're doing that, look, I just want to welcome everybody here today. We are so glad you're here. All of our guests, glad you're here today. If you're joining us on live stream or Facebook Live, we are so glad you've chosen to be a part of Grace Church today. And we hope the service will be a blessing to you today. God bless you. You may be seated today in the presence of the Lord. I do want to remind you uh, and, and tell you we thank you so much for your generosity to the kingdom of God, for being a blessing through your tithe and offering. And uh, you can give on your way out this morning in the lobby. We have a station set up where you can give in your regular Sunday morning tithe and offering. So make a note of that. If you're joining us on live stream, you can always go to the website. Uh, you can also send a text and you can also mail in your gift to the church. So God bless you for your faithfulness and your generosity. I do want to share a couple of things with you. How many know it's Father's Day today? Happy Father's Day to all of our fathers. Let's give them a hand. If you're here today and you're a father, happy Father's Day from Grace Church. We appreciate you so much. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for your faithfulness. And um, we want you to know how much we appreciate you. So we have a gift for you on the way out today. Be sure all of our dads to pick up your gift at Grand Central on the way out. And I'm going to just tell you, I, I did. I got up this morning and I wished God a happy Father's Day. Now, uh, I'm just going to tell you the Bible. Jesus prayed, said, Abba, Father. The old song says he's a good, good father. So I just want to encourage somebody today, if, if you're here and for some reason you can't be with your dad today, whatever that circumstance may be, I want you to know you're in the presence of a good, good father. The Bible says one God, one father of all, who is in all and above all and through you all. I'm thankful for our heavenly father today. I really am. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. We do have United Family Prayer tomorrow night at 714. That'll be in your home with your family. Let's pray. Let's keep it up. I believe God is answering prayer, and I believe he's moving in a great way. Tuesday morning prayer at 10 o'clock here in the sanctuary. Uh, we want you to come out and pray as your schedule allows. And then Wednesday night service at 730, of course, Bible study. Pastor has begun a study walking us through the book of Revelation. And uh, it is proving to be an amazing, amazing time in the Word of God. So please come and be a part of that. And then Saturday morning, men's prayer in the sanctuary at 9 o'clock. Nobody at Grace Church can ever say that we didn't give you an opportunity to pray. And uh, so three out of the four announcements so far have been about prayer. So we want you to pray. and We've given you opportunities to pray. And so make a note of that, men, next Saturday at 9 o'clock, we will be praying here in the sanctuary. And then 
a very special announcement. We're excited about this. Brother Merrill Murphy and his family will be in service with us next Sunday. Brother Merrill will be preaching the word of God. And so we're looking forward to welcoming them back for a visit here at Grace Church. It will be great to see them and hear from them and hear what God is doing in their pastorate in Tennessee. So be make a, make a note of that and be looking forward to that. For everything else that's going on around the campus, you can turn to the app or the website and, uh, and, make, uh, and get all the details for everything that's going on there and be blessed by that. God bless you today. Are you ready to worship the Lord some more? Amen. Let's clap our hands together. The praise team is coming to lead us in worship, and we're going to worship God together. God bless you.
There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me.
pouring his love out on you. Hallelujah, Jesus. I thank you for your love.
an awesome presence of the Lord here today. Let's praise Him, everybody. Let's exalt Him. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Already here today, my, my soul has been enveloped by the presence of the Lord. And I certainly hope you feel the same way today. Jesus is in the house. And when he comes, he just doesn't come for a social visit. He comes to touch our lives, to make us all better in him. And I'm thankful he's here today, aren't you? Let's praise him one more time. Let's exalt him. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. It's great to see everybody along with Brother Dave today. Happy Father's Day to all of our dads here today. And uh, so... I'm actually so proud of all of us. I think there's some good dads in the building today. Wish I was one of them. I'm kidding. Glad to have all of you here today. So great to see you. Thank you for coming and uh, making our service today here at Grace Church special by your presence and being here, and I mean that sincerely. And uh, I'd be remiss here today not to say how excited and Sister Murphy and I are to have Marcus and Cassie, our son and daughter-in-law, amazing people that love the Lord and serve God in every way they can, and we're glad to have them here today as well. All of our guests, welcome. We're so glad you're here. Grace Church, let's welcome our guests today, shall we? Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. I do want to send out a, um, just a... A lot of accolade, a lot of applause to uh, Mark and Brianna, uh, even uh, Nate and Courtney for just such an amazing success last weekend with our She's for Christ pulled pork dinner. I'm going to be honest. Uh, I have to be real honest and transparent here. I'm all about She's for Christ, but I sure do like that pulled pork sandwich too. I just got to admit. So uh, it was amazing. I think we raised about $2,000 for She's for Christ last weekend. So thank you. Thank you for being so amazing. Thank the Lord. And I'm happy to say that every dime with that will go to She's for Christ. And um, we believe in it, want to support it. And um, I don't know, I might hit Nate up again for one more of those before the season closes. So um, we'll try. We'll see how it goes. If he says no, then we'll move on to something else. Anyway, uh, but look forward to some more great things coming for our She's for Christ season. A lot of it has to do with food, which is something we all relate to. I can kind of look around the building and kind of tell that a lot of us like it, <laughs> maybe a little bit more than others. And uh, so there you go. Glad you're here. Thank you all, you guys, for such a great Sunday last Sunday. I want to go to the Word of God. I know it's Father's Day, but uh, we have ceased a long time ago here at Grace Church to just build a whole service around the holiday occasion with maybe the exception of Christmas. And um, we want to do the will of God. We want to preach the Word of God here today. And I know you all have plans, but I would like for us to keep priority. And I believe uh, uh, there's a photo booth out on the portico pulled in and uh, Blake and Anjay took care of that this morning. Thank y'all very much for that. So feel free to take some pictures uh, in the next couple hours after we're done preaching here today. 
heard somebody laughing. Uh, what's funny, I, I didn't get the joke. I'm kidding. Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 1. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah. And it came to pass in the month Cheslu in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan, the palace, that Hanani, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven and said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. Let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes open that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant which I pray before thee now day and night for the children of Israel thy servants and confess the sins of the children of Israel which we have sinned against thee both in my father's house have sinned. We have dealt very corruptly against thee and have not kept the commandments nor the statutes nor the judgments which thou commandest thy servant Moses. Remember I beseech thee the word that thou commandest thy servant Moses, saying, If you trespass, I will scatter, scatter you abroad of the nations, among the nations. But if you turn to me, but if you turn to me and keep my commandments and do them, though there were of you cast out unto the uttermost part of the heaven, yet will I gather them from thence and will bring them unto the place that I have chosen to set my name there. Now these are thy servants and thy people whom thou hast redeemed by thy great power and by thy strong hand. O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear thy name and prosper. I pray thee, thy servant this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. The last sentence of this verse is what will be my sermon title today. For I was. Everybody say, for I was. He didn't say, for I am. Or I'm going to be. He said, I was. The king's cupbearer. I'm going to give up all of my status my title, my position, and I'm going to transform myself from being a king's cupbearer to a wall builder. I want to preach for you for a little while today. I was the king's cupbearer. Everybody say thank God for the word. Thank you for being so patient and standing, and you may be seated. <clears throat> Let others exist in abject apathy. Let others live within the constricting confines of complacency. Let others ruin in the shallow religiosity. But there are those among us today who will not hold their peace. Hand claps, dancing, 
shouting their voice for some, for something got a hold of them and changed them. And they are different because of his doings and because of his works and their life. The experience we have had with God are real enough that we know we must lift our voice, we must arise from our seat of security, our couch of carelessness, and our lounge of laziness. And I believe Grace Church is doing that. Brother Dave mentioned a moment ago about us giving you so many opportunities to pray Every Monday night we have prayer. Uh, Tuesday morning, one night a month, we'll have it on Tuesday night. We have men's prayer once a month on Saturday. And people are responding. The past, Tuesday, the past two Tuesdays here at Grace Church, there's been, I understand, between 35 and 40 people are gathering now and seeking the face of God, and it's working. There's not a greater priority that we have today than to pray. We must pray and seek the Lord, and everybody said amen. And I'm thankful that you're praying. I'm thankful you're praying. Thank the Lord. For 40 years, a carnal, corrupted, and calloused King Saul never concerned himself about the presence of God residing in Israel. But no sooner than David had been crowned king that he began trading in his scepter for a sword shouting, where is the ark of God? And I hear that sound emanating from Grace Church. It's not that God isn't here. I'm not trying to insinuate that. I just think all of us would like to have a little more of him, get a little closer to him, be a little in closer contact, to be a little more sensitive to his presence, and to have the voice of God speak in our ear and say, if I'm with you, there's not a battle you can't win. There's not a foe you can't conquer. There's nothing you can't accomplish if I'm with you. For with men, things are impossible. But with God, nothing is impossible. Clap your hands again. Hallelujah. A calling from God will change a shepherd into a king. I can see Mordecai anxiously pacing the floor before the young and beautiful Queen Esther, saying to her, don't think you'll escape, Esther, when Haman unsheathes his sword of slaughter. It's time for you to do something. And who knows if you've not been brought to the kingdom for just such a time as this. No, Esther, not because you're talented, not because of your traits, not because of your family name, not because of your beauty, but God has called you to this moment. And if you'll stand tiptoed and broad-shouldered and put your chin in the air, God will not just accomplish something for you or your family, but he'll save the entire kingdom of Israel. I long today for the ark of God. I long today to stand in the presence of God and I'm tired of just being a cup bearer. I just don't want to come and serve in mediocrity but I want to make an impact. I want to make a difference. I want to count for the kingdom. I want to be a wall builder. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost here today. The call of God 
can change a common teenage girl into a queen, whether it be by casual conversation and expedited dispatch. The message came to Nehemiah that we just read to you that the walls in the city of Jerusalem had been laid in ruins. When the king noticed the distress of his heart, he inquired of Nehemiah, and Nehemiah had no other prerogative but to answer truthfully. He said in verse 3, Why should not my countenance be sad when the city, the place of my father's sepulchers, lieth in waste, and the gates thereof are consumed in fire? There's something rolling on the inside of me and it has been for weeks. Number one, we must work while it is day for the night cometh when no man can work. Listen to pastor today. But there's something on the inside of me that's calling me, that's stirring me. God is saying, if I can find a man, if I can find a woman, I can rebuild, I can rebuild my kingdom in the hearts and lives of people. Would you clap your hands again? So despite the very real possibility of Nehemiah at least losing his notable position and at worst losing his life, he made known unto the king his burden. Is there anyone here today whose countenance is just a little saddened when baptismal waters are not trouble? Is there anybody here today whose countenance is just a little saddened whose heart becomes heavy when altars are barren, whose spirit is troubled when they see a spiritual decay in our community, whose soul is smitten when you witness the reproach of sin that is imprisoned today's society. Has anyone bothered when you see us absolutely eaten up with concern when the services are dead, dull, and boring? If that is you, then you are the warrior that God wants to use to bring back the ark of his presence back into the sanctuary like we've never seen it before. You can sit and look awkward me if you want to on Father's Day. I celebrate our fathers, but I'm more here today to celebrate a cause and a purpose and it's called the kingdom of God. And oh God, help us today if our world, if our country, if our city has ever needed an outpouring of the Holy Ghost, it's right now, it's today. And if it's gonna happen, the church must be that vehicle. Oh, God. Help us today. God's kingdom was in affliction and reproach. Jerusalem was in reproach because the walls were down. It was the walls that that caused Israel to retain their distinctiveness. It was the walls that protected God's people from pagan practices and and, and lewd and promiscuous culture. Reproach is to be disgraced by betrothal. Too many see the existence of walls as unnecessary restriction, as constricting bondage, but it is the walls that God has put around us that causes us to retain our distinction and our godly identity. It doesn't mean that it's not accessible. It doesn't mean that you can't come and go, but it's a 
the preservative of God's kingdom on this planet. And I need somebody that's tired of just being the status quo Christian. Somebody that's weary with just going through the motion of just being a cupbearer. But somebody wants to be a rebuilder, a wall builder, to make a difference, to make an impact in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Once Israel lost its walls, they were disgraced by unholy yokes and unsanctified marriages until they lost their identity completely. Can't happen to the church, folks. It can't. It can't. And yes, it's happening in some areas, but God help us if it ever happens here at Grace Church. I believe in this hour there's going to be a restoration of righteousness. I believe there's going to be a restoration of the fear of God and apostolic ministry and apostolic authority, apostolic power, apostolic hunger. God isn't weak. God's not afraid. God's not intimidated by what's going on in our world right now. He's not. No, he's not. What he needs is an Esther, a Nehemiah, a David, somebody that will say, I'm going to stand flat-footed on what the Word of God says and I'm going to make a difference in the lives of people. Today is the time for somebody to leave this service and testify. When I got to Grace Church today, I was a cupbearer. But upon leaving, I'm a wall builder. Excuse me today, but some may say I used to be lazy, depressed, in and out of church, up and down, the unfaithful saint, the bad husband, the bad wife. I used to just be the king's cupbearer, but now I'm leaving. I'm leaving determined to be a wall builder. Some may ask, well, how do I get to this point? I'm glad you asked that question. The first step and I'm going to be as short and as brief as I can today because God's talking to somebody right now. But I believe somebody here today needs to a little dissatisfaction with the present. And I believe I'm talking to a room full of people that's just a little bit sick and tired of the way our world is going. And I don't need to stand here today and get into all the political issues and all that kind of stuff between parties and this and that. I don't need to do that. I believe all of us can look at media for a few days and, and look at your social media for a few days and you can tell our country's been split in all kind of directions and so is our world. I think somebody here today needs to get just a little dissatisfied with all that. Nehemiah said, they said to me, the remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach and the walls of Jerusalem are broken down and the gates are burned with fire and he said when I heard it I wept I'm looking for an Old Testament Rachel today when is the last time you got on your face before God and cried with all your heart give me children lest I die God bring a revival to this church lest I die God grow my Sunday school class lest I die God revive my ministry my burden my passion lest I die or have you just accepted your circumstances and resigned yourself to a barren womb not me not Pastor, I thank God for what he's done in this church for the past number of years, but we're not done yet by a long shot. God wants to rapture a church out of this city, and the bigger it is, the more he'll like it. We have to understand that people need the gospel. Let me move on, media booth. Not only must 
We need to be a little dissatisfied with the status quo, but we need a hunger to pray and to fast. I want to thank you again. Those of you especially that showing up for Tuesday morning prayer several weeks ago, I just kind of handpicked when we were under the no more than 10 can gather thing. I kind of handpicked 10 men. They walked in the door. They were ready to pray. They were ready to talk to God. And we did that night the following week. I did the same thing with our ladies. Sister Patricia Turner, I could still hear it in my ear. She walked through those doors with just eight or nine people here and she just started shouting as loud as she could praise the Lord praise the Lord praise the Lord hallelujah it's great to be in the house of God it's great to come and pray and I thought my God if that could get a hold of me if that could get a hold of all of us today where we have a hunger to come and pray and seek the face of God we would see God do amazing things Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. If my people, God spoke to Solomon, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray. Charles Finney said, we've heard enough. We've had enough instruction until we're hardened, he said. It's now time for us to pray. Media booth, thank you, thank you but keep following me. Number three. I've got eight of these to cover and I'm not going to have time. Number three, we've got to have a willingness to repent. Not necessarily because we've sinned. It's repentance because we need to change. Is that fair? You say, well, pastor, what more can I do? I don't know. Talk to God about it. He'll find something. I've never known of God to turn anybody down and say, no, you're doing fine. Just stay where you're at and what you're doing. I say, you're all, you're all good. I've never known of God to do that with anybody. He's never done it with me. Nehemiah said, let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes open that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant which I pray before thee now day and night for the children of Israel thy servants and confess the sins of the children of Israel which we have sinned against thee both I and my father's house have sinned Jesus wrote to the church to the seven churches of Asia he that hath an ear let him hear what the spirit saith to the church the spirit says to the church five out of seven five out of seven of them he begins by saying repent to Ephesus Pergamus Thyatira Sardis Laodicea to all of them for various reasons he said to repent I believe a move of God starts in any church when a church is willing to get on their face before God and just with a desire and hunger and dissatisfaction from the world and say God change me let me see it the way you see it let me feel it oh God I feel the Holy Ghost let me feel it the way you feel it let me be touched the way you want to touch people let me minister to somebody so that I may make an impact on somebody. Nehemiah agreed as God spoke to him, if you will turn unto me and keep my commandments, God said. It's a return to the word of God. I'm looking for somebody here this morning. It's interesting, just over the past several weeks, 
I've had a number of people that's talked to me about Bible study. I've gone for two or three years and nobody's asked me about a Bible study. And I've mentioned it to a number of people and nobody's biting on it. But since all of this stuff has happened, I believe it's caused an awareness to spring up in the lives of people where they have a hunger for the Word of God. Television news ain't doing it no more. And what the newspaper says isn't doing it no more. And the self-help books aren't doing it anymore. I need something with more substance, more promise, more value, something that'll change my life, something that'll take me from here to heaven. So would you break open the word of life and teach me what thus saith the word of God. If we'll return to the word of God, God told Nehemiah, if you'll return to the word of God, even the sheep that have been scattered to the uttermost part of the heavens, I will bring them unto a place that I have chosen to set my name there. And as much, I just felt a little nudge in the Holy Ghost. You just feel that little nudge sometimes when you're preaching. As much as God is bringing the Jews back to Israel to continue to reestablish that nation and to get them set up for the Messiah to return, I believe God is bringing people back to the church. I believe we're going to see an influx of backsliders and lost people off the street. I believe God's going to do it. I'm not, I'm not here to beat my gums here today. I'm preaching the word of God. God gave Nehemiah some things to say and some things to pray and he did it and it worked and if we'll do it it'll work. I dare say today there's people here this morning that three months ago would have never dreamed you'd be here today but something has happened and I'm going to tell you what's happening. There's people from coast to coast, north to south that are praying every day, every week every hour of every day for God to pour out his spirit and we're beginning to see a move of God everywhere and I want it to happen here at Grace Church. Nehemiah prayed, Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear thy name. We have to return to a fear of the Lord. Somebody told me something this past week that just thrust a spear through my heart. I shared it with my family last night. Somebody saw one of the protesters somewhere carrying a poster that said, if Jesus comes again, kill him again. There's an attitude. I preached about it several weeks ago about the spirit of iniquity. There's a spirit running rampant. And it's around our world. It's around our world. And we need to understand today that we have to get back to a fear of the Lord, that deep reverence and respect that deep place of trust and faith to take God at face value. Yes, I started teaching the book of Revelation. I've never taught the book of Revelation my whole entire ministry like I'm doing on Wednesday night. It's a new thing to me, and I'm embarrassed to say it, but it's a truth. I'm, I'm, and I'm floundering somewhat because of it, because it's, some of it's unfamiliar territory, but there's something driving me on the inside that says, don't laugh at that. It's not just a Hollywood science fiction movie. It's real, my friend. God is going to bring these things to pass and the church has got to take it serious oh yes we do we have to return to a fear of the Lord and take him at his word and live like we believe it happy Father's Day everybody 
You're hearing from Jesus right now. And you ought to be glad your heavenly Father is still interested in your life and your family and your church and your community. Amen. Why don't we all stand and give the Lord some praise? I'm not done. Don't get your hopes up. I'm not feeling. Let's just praise Him. Thank you. Hallelujah. We must have a desire to separate ourselves from the life we currently live. Nehemiah said, I was. After that prayer meeting, after he talked to some of his fellow brethren that just arrived to his cushy palace place from Jerusalem where it was desolate and burned and the people were full of despair. I can't say everything I want to say. I can't say what I want to say. My heart is so heavy and burdened. Because I keep hearing reports of literal pastors and churches. They're not going more toward God. They're not going more towards the Word of God. They're going the opposite way. And when I hear that, You know what? There's not a whole lot I can do outside of prayer about these things that I hear. But I can do everything about where I'm at right now. And I don't want to depart further away in some kind of crazy way to make the, more, the church more appealing to multitudes. It makes me want to drive myself more towards the Word of God. And whatever the Word of God says is what we're going to do to the best of our ability and with all of our heart. Hallelujah to God. He said, for I was the king's cupbearer. I had a cushy job in the church. And you know, I got to do this and I got to do that. And some even say, I had to do this and I had to do that. God help you if that's your attitude. But Nehemiah, after this grueling experience he had with his brethren from Jerusalem, and then after a long, heartfelt prayer meeting of sobbing, he said, I cried, I cried, and I wept in the presence of God. After a prayer meeting, he decided that being a cup bearer, having the cushy, cushy church job isn't what I want to do anymore. I want to pass, oh king, and please let me go back to my father's house, back to Jerusalem because there's some walls to be rebuilt. There's a church that needs to be rebuilt. Somebody get on, on the same page with pastor today. We need a revival like we've never seen before. We need a move of God like we've never seen before. I don't want to be just a cupbearer anymore. My position in life, the money I make, the accolades, the achievements ascribed to me, any prestige I have is no longer the reason why I live. 
Now I want to walk in the purpose that God has for me. Nehemiah, upon completion of these things that I've just mentioned to you, begins to witness the sovereign move of God's Spirit. And God causes the most mighty man on the planet at that time. King Artaxerxes, the most powerful man alive at that time. He had the world at his knees, listens to Nehemiah's burden and said, you know what? I'm just not going to give you proverbial permission, but I'm going to give you a letter. And you go back and you rebuild your city. You talk about a miracle. Y'all not hearing me today. We think it's pretty cool when the local city council, in all due respect, gives us permission to build the fellowship hall over there. But what if the mightiest man in the world, against all the odds, says, you know what? You take that piece of property and you do whatever you want to with it. And I'm going to put it in writing. It's huge. God used a pagan sinful king to even provide the material. Ecclesiastes 8.4 says, where the word of a king is, there is power. Not only did king send his word and give Nehemiah letters, but he provided him with captains and horsemen. God is going to speak it. God will declare his word and then he will dispatch the captains and horsemen of the angelic host to carry it through. Nehemiah's next job is not included in the scripture reading. It's later on in Nehemiah chapter 2. But it's amazing to me as much as God sanctioned and answered his prayer, Nehemiah realized there was also something else that needed to happen. He needed to find people that were on board with him and cause them to come into a spirit of unity because he realized their strength in numbers and he needed to have the people unified. The Bible said so they strengthened their hands for this good work. The word strengthen here means to fasten upon and to seize. They just weren't cupbearers anymore, but they seized that burden. They made that vision their possession. They looked at those materials, this is mine, and you're not going to take it away. And by the help of God, we're going to build this wall, whether the devil likes it or not. And it's kind of how I feel right now. We're going to have a church here in Central. We're going we're gonna to impact this community. We already are. God is doing some amazing things, and I'm anticipating what he's going to do in the future. But I'm here to encourage all of us here today that just because a church has had some growth and even success, if you will, doesn't mean we're done. So finally today in conclusion, when Nehemiah finally got to Jerusalem with his contingent of people who was in unity with him and behind him, the first thing he did was he reopened the gates of sacrifice. The Bible said the first thing they did was builded the sheep gate and they sanctified it, they set it apart so that we can come here and sacrifice is twofold. 
You're going to give that choice lamb out of your flock. Yes, you are. You're going to give that dearest possession. But it also means worship. And we're going to open the gates. So the first thing we want to do is sacrifice to the Lord. And then we're going to set out in a tone of worship like Nehemiah had not experienced in years. I can't imagine how that man felt. He had kind of become contented being a cupbearer and I've got access to the most powerful man in the world and I mean my life is protected. I've been chosen. God set me up for this. This has to be the will of God. I mean I have fellow brethren that are slaving out in the field every day and carving out rocks and harvesting crops and all that stuff but look where I'm at. I've got this cushy job. I've got some political prowess here and what have you. But all of that amounted to nothing when he walked in for the first time in years and laid a sacrifice on the altar and began to worship God and was enveloped and consumed by the power and presence Almighty God, there's people here today. I'm about to explode right now, literally. I don't feel like I can contain myself all throughout this message and even last Sunday. I don't see how some can just sit on the pew and fall through your phone and check social media while church is going on. I don't understand that because we've reopened a gate here at Grace Church and it's a gate that says you can come in no matter who you are, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, you can walk into this house as Sister Pat did that night and say praise the Lord. God help us today to seize this moment. God help us today to seize the moment. Everybody stand. Let's praise the Lord today. The sheep gate was the gate the worshiper came through when he brought sacrifice to be placed on the altar. If we are to have apostolic revival, then somebody's going to have to rebuild the sheep gate. Simon Peter told Jesus, we've forsaken all to follow thee. Mary broke the alabaster box and poured all of it this was a keepsake. It was a family heirloom. She broke it. There was none to take home with her. It had no value anymore when she was done. This priceless family treasure laid in ruins at the feet of Jesus. Why? Because she took advantage of that moment in the presence of God. Jesus told a young aspiring rich lawyer one time, go and sell all that you have and give it to the poor and follow me. The book of Acts church sold all their possessions and gave it to the work of God. No sooner had Israel restored the sheep gate in Jerusalem they reopened and rebuilt another gate it's kind of funny sounding I get it but it was called the fish gate to us that's the great commandment go ye into all the world if the church will prepare the way to sacrifice then God said I'll fill your net so abundantly you'll have a huge and mammoth gate just to take them all in we must fortify ourselves so the question is will you sacrifice 
I want to say on your behalf to God more than we ever have. Will they make an end in the day? This was the enemy. This was a question the enemy was asking. Just give them some time. They'll quit. They'll tire out. They'll get discouraged. But then the enemy of Israel realized, will they ever quit? I don't think they're going to quit. I believe they're determined. And we can't stop them. And that's how I feel right now. I believe the devil tried to shake our country, our world, and our church. But we're still here. Okay, here's my message. Here it is. We just got past the introduction. Here's my message. Nehemiah. As he began to rebuild those walls, he didn't use new stones hauled in on a real pretty pallet, but he dug into the rubble and got them on burnover stones. They were still black from soot. And he picked one up. Hey, here's brother so-and-so. I remember him from 30 years ago. He used to be a that. He used to be a this. But look at him now. He's a part of the wall again. As God restores revival to the church, he's not going to use those who have espoused new doctrines and new gospels, but he's going to reach down and pick up some stones that have been scorched at times by the fires of opposition and adversity, the soot of weariness, the ash of yesterday's unfulfilled dreams the harshness of bitterness and betrayal. Dreams that have been broken. This, all of this will stain the stones of today's work of restoration. But there's nobody here, saith the Lord, that can feel your days of usefulness are over. God reached into the rubble of yesterday. He reached into what used to be a wall of yesterday. And he's found some people who used to be excited about church and ministry and working for God. But something happened. Hurt, betrayal, bitterness. Loneliness. And God is saying, I don't want to rock off of that new new pile over there. I want to dig into this pile of rubble and take somebody and restore them. Somebody let the Lord have his way right now, God.
is moving this house. Just like Sand Ballot, Satan will issue the challenge. Will God revive the burnt stone? My answer is yes. Oh, yes. And in 52 days, 42 different working parties of people restored a 50-foot high wall with a circumference of four miles at a rate of 504 feet per day. How did they do it? Nehemiah answers it in Nehemiah chapter four, verse six. So built we the wall and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof for the people had a mind to work. I send out everybody today. I send out to everybody today. Shall I say a fair warning? I don't want to sound threatening. That's not my intent. But the voice of God is speaking right now. That if you want to be a part of God's church, we've reopened the sheep gate. And you're welcome to come and give your sacrifice of praise and worship. It doesn't matter how long you've been in captivity. It doesn't matter how long you've been in Behold, I say unto thee, hear the voice of God as I speak unto you right now. By the wooing of my spirit, And through the pleading of my messenger, I want to remind you of my blood. I remind you of my sacrifice. As you hear my voice in your ear, your days of usefulness are not over with. Your days of profiting the kingdom of God are not behind you. They're still ahead of you. I challenge you today in your heart and what you believe I challenge you today in your mind in what you know to embrace me again, to take me by the hand and trust the leading of my spirit. For I say unto you that I have guided your steps even until now. Even though your path is taking you through the fire, even though your path is taking you through the flood, my hand still rests on your life and I seek to have you restored. I desire to have you profitable in my kingdom. Hear my voice and follow the wooing of my spirit and I will add blessing and I will add you to your life like you've not known in the past. Believe in me. Trust in my word again, says the Lord. So, it sounds to me this morning, somebody has a Father's Day decision to make today. Are you going to take God at face value? Will you trust Him again? Will you love Him again? 
This is what I want to do here today with all of my might. I honor social distancing and I ask that you do the same. But those that feel a burning on the inside of you, please don't deny it. Please don't push it aside. And only if you feel comfortable to do so, would you gather around the front as they begin to sing. God is reaching into yesterday. He's reaching into the rubble. And he says, I want you. I want you. Come on. Come on. Come on. We've got time. We've got time. The hour's still young here in Grace Church. Would somebody come? Pour out our praise. 